0: This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Fay Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. First offense.
1: All the mix. Hey!
0: Okay, party people in the house. You're about to witness something you've never witnessed before. It's the Yeah, it's awesome in the, house. Yeah. It's awesome in the house. All right, so every Monday we get it from the horse's mouth. Let me rephrase that. We get it from a guy that sees it up front and personal. Rob Simpson of Vancouver Hockey Now. It is Monday. Welcome back to the show. What a weekend for the Canucks.
1: Oh, what a weekend, eh? I was about to do my horse imitation, but then I decided not to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's break this
0: down, because I remember when we first got together, one of the first recipes that you said the Canucks needed to follow if they wanted to bake the cake that led them to the playoffs was they had to beat the California teams and Mm. Seattle. And let's just say they went down to Nevada and California and did anything but. Of the five alarms, one being, "Ah, that's okay, five being something's got to change, how many alarms are ringing for the Canucks right now?
1: I'm only in the three bells right now, because I'm I'm a little more patient having – Seen this kind of craziness before in a lot of different places. That's not to say it might not continue to go south, but it's not an existential crisis as of yet. In two weeks, Rob, that would be Monday, the 29th. Yeah, we will make a potential five bell determination at that point. That'll be right after American Thanksgiving. But right now at five, nine and two, let's see what they can do. Colorado Avalanche on Wednesday. Winnipeg Jets on Friday, not going to be easy, not going to be easy. Chicago Blackhawks on Sunday. You got to take at least two out of three. No question about that. But Mott's back. Hamanick will be back. And let's see what they do with it. Let's see if they can pull out. The coach says he's confident they can pull out of it. Well, he better be confident they can pull out Yeah. Of it.
0: So before we get to Travis Hammonick and the uh, one of the more curious situations I've come across in the last little while, let's talk about some of those teams that you've seen in similar situations. How does a team that starts off 5-9-2 and two dig their way out of this?
1: Well, there, the, the classic example, uh, this, of course, did involve a coach being fired. Uh, and people are familiar with him because he coached the Portland Winterhawks, and that was John Johnston. I think you have to insert the T there, who was taken over by Mike Sullivan in the 2015-16 season. You might recall, and, and there's other parallels here, you might recall that's when Sidney Crosby forgot how to play hockey. October <laughs> and November, everybody's like, oh, my God, this guy's career's over. What's wrong with Sid? And I think it might have lingered into December. And then Mike Johnston was fired. Uh, Sully took over and everything was right with the world. They went on and won the freaking Stanley Cup. But it's kind of like PD right now. Not to the degree that Crosby was struggling, but still there are similarities. Uh, and that's not to say that Greener's necessarily in trouble. We'll see where it goes. But that's the classic example. I mean, that's a team that was just absolutely in a funk. The best player in the world, potentially, absolutely forgot how to play hockey, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup.
0: Okay, so I think one of the problems that fans have with Elias Petterson is he came in gangbusters when he first arrived, won Rookie of the Year, and everything was swimming. But I think the problem right now and the reason that people are half angry at Elias and half angry at Travis is that he's not shooting the puck. He's not getting pucks on net. And more than anything, some people will blame the system. Where do you lie?
1: Here's the funny thing about it. Because we're so used to so much from him, he's actually second on the team in shots on goal and he's first among the forwards. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Because... Oliver ekman Larson has the most. I think he's up around 49, and I believe Petey's at 44, and that's top among forwards. He wouldn't even notice it, um, and obviously we, we didn't. But um, I, I just think there's a certain physical element to this. I mean, he's gotten drilled a couple times, and I'm not suggesting he's concussed or anything, but he is potentially one of those players who does not respond well to physicality. And you would be able to tell me better than I could about if he's gone through any of this previously. Like, like how many times has he been absolutely walloped while dangling previously in his career? Were you are like, oh, my God, like, oh, what a hit. Right. He's had a couple of those in this early season, and I'm not sure he's responded that well to this especially when you're kind of trying to do too much, you're dangling too much, you're all hands, you're not enough feet. Travis Green's suggesting that the team will come out of it, pull out of it. I think he's suggesting that Petey will pull out of it because there are signs. There have been signs. He just needs to get his feet going.
0: There was something that happened late in the third period. I want to say about five, six minutes left in the third period. Petey with his head down, going through the middle of the zone, dipsy doodling through two, and then Ryan Getzlaff just absolutely puts the body on him, and he wilted like a deck of cards in a stiff breeze. And I thought to myself... Two things there. One, boy, is Petey soft on the puck sometimes, and the second one, very rarely do you see Petey go through that zone with his head down, which makes me think that maybe he's pressing, just trying to do something, and now he's just some of the fundamentals are, are lacking from his game.
1: The only thing is, on the gets left hit, it comes late. Okay, so the game's kind of, eh, you know, you're it's it's a done foregone conclusion. The Colin Miller hit in Buffalo first period, first five minutes yeah um set the tone and he he vanished and that's first period and that's a game they lost everybody's like oh my god you lost the sabers Um, pd was 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 invisible so that's there's your two examples one early one late um and yeah he he is trying to do too much and boy skate ask eric lindros skating with your head down Mm -hmm. bad habit and this is a guy that's maybe gotten away from his natural instincts a little bit with the time off with the injury, the wrist, the, the delay getting started. Um, maybe it's he's developed bad habits because he's just not back to his game yet. I mean, that's, that's a possible explanation, but who, yeah, we don't need to see him. He's, he's a twig. This is not a big, this is not, this is not a Lindros body wise. This is a oh, male no. model from Sweden <laughs> in terms of body. Seriously. He's a narrow man.
0: Yeah. Slender, but skilled. I want to switch gears and, And I do want to get into the Travis Hamanick situation, knowing that there's certain things that we know and knowing that there's certain things that we don't know as of yet. How curious is this situation? I mean, I understand why he was, you know, held back in Abbotsford.
1: Well, first of all, I make sense of him not playing over the weekend because Mm -hmm. why risk an injury when you're so desperately need the guy, right? Uh, Imagine the outcry. If Travis Hamanick goes down and gets hurt in an AHL game and he can't come back and play this week, it's not as if he's coming off the long break again. That he, you know, absolutely positively needs to skate and get game action in. He had one AHL game the first time back, so I get that. Um, if he, I mean, if he's feeling his oats and he's had a few NHL games back under his belt and he's skating and maybe practicing with that team, that's fine. But you don't want to take any chances because they they desperately need the guy, and he's only going to improve now as he gets back into it a little bit longer. So there's one. Um, by the way, there's no waivers for him. The second time you have to play 10 NHL games or wait, be 30 days on the roster before, no matter how veteran you are, that you have to succumb to waivers again. So he went through waivers the first time, didn't have to do it this time and then did not play. So whatever they desperately need him. The timing now it's a simple, this is if, if this is assuming Robert, that they are on the up and up, he comes out, says I'm vaccinated on November 1st when he arrived. Okay. We don't know what he means by that. We assume that he was thinking one shot, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Travis Green moments later said he will be double vaxxed and we will follow protocols. So within a half an hour, he'd kind of clarified that, okay, it sounds like it's a one shot. We're waiting on the second. So it's 21 days minimum between shots and generally for health reasons between vaccinations. And then kind of a gray area on the 14 days after, like you can kind of fudge that. And it's not to suggest that they would, but I've seen it done. I know people have done it, traveled within the 14 days. You know, you can get tests to get back and forth, et cetera. So that's a fat timeline based on when he got his first shot. They leave on their next trip, November 23rd. If he's not ready to go, you can do the math backwards Mm -hmm. and try to figure out when his first shot might've occurred. I think it's a bit silly that we don't know. I mean, at this point, if they're on the up and up with one shot, two shot, why not just tell us? It's not like the opposition on the road trip needs to plan for the lack of Travis Hamanick. Believe me, they're going to love it. If he's not there, um, <laughs> Madison Bowie was, was out of place. That's where it stands. Will Will he be, he's going to play the three home games and then will he be, able to get on an airplane on november 23rd one day ahead of the game in pittsburgh that's that's the mystery that's really the last remaining mystery and if he's not on that airplane then we can raise some additional questions which probably will not get answered
0: you know you've worked in in the sports industry in a number of different facets and i'm really curious to know from the court of public opinion right now you know the city obviously has its uh twitter verse that's none too happy with it but you know I still assume we're going to see 18,000 and change at the next couple of home games. And I still assume that things are on pace from an ownership perspective, from Francesco Acolini's perspective, you hear the, you know, the, the fire mob outside calling for names and calling for heads, but as long as people are buying tickets and as long as things are going as is, it's got nothing to worry about. Right.
1: Well, I mean, Travis green signed an extension in, in the yeah. offseason, a couple of years, um, And that's never stopped an owner but they have deep pockets from firing a coach in certain situations, but not right now, five, nine and two, they're four games below 500. Um, There was talk. I heard about him being on part of the trip and then staying in Vegas to go to a football game. That doesn't bother me a bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. like if he had hung around and kept traveling with the team, then, then the other thing would say, Oh, he's micromanaging. He's a micromanaging owner. You know, that's the one thing owners, are a full range of things. The guy in Carolina is all over everything. And then there's owners that are like, whatever, they sit in their box, they might show up, they're, they're off doing other business. Um, I don't have any problem whatsoever about whether or not the owner is with the team or not. I mean, we, we can complain about him micromanaging or trying to run the hockey operations if he was around too much. So let your uh, employees do their jobs. And if they're not doing their job, then you make a decision later. But I'm not to that point it's not I won't I'm not far off from that point necessarily but I'm not quite to that point yet.
0: Every time your phone dings, I think it's mine. <laughs> we actually have the same uh, one of those the same rings.
1: I just muted it so it would stop dinging you ever I do that dinging- time? I, I was
0: at a food court the other day at Coquitlam Center and somebody had the same ringtone and it rang like three times and every single time I immediately checked my phone to see what it was and none of the times it was
1: mine uh, modern life
0: must be nice to actually get calls. I, I only get calls from like my mom and my wife.
1: That's okay. That's good. Yeah. Those are two people you <laughs> want to talk to, I think. What's the what's time. the old
0: saying? No news is good news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll call you. I'm, I'm happy to make phone calls. I'm
0: still oh, I'll I'm take that mind. call. Okay. A couple more for you, Rob. And I want to kind of pull the lens back here. Let's talk about the rest of this division because, you know, gone are the days of only playing Canadian teams. I'm looking at this division right now. It's fair to say Edmonton's going to break from the pack at some point. They're just that damn good. They have that much talent. They're starting to get goaltending. I mean, it's all coming together for the Oilers 10 years later, but they finally got it on the right track. But some other teams that are still, you know, I keep waiting for the bubble to burst. But it's not happening with the Calgary Flames and Anaheim, who we just saw. So before yep. we get to Calgary, let's really quickly circle back on
1: Anaheim. What are they doing so well? Their scouting, their drafting was phenomenal because Trevor Zegers is absolutely awesome. Awesome. Uh, I mean, in those two shots, like I realize he's in prime scoring position, especially on the second one. But the first one's just an absolute one-timer, slapper, top shelf, uh, blocker side on Halak from basically just around the top of the right wing circle on un- unharassed. And then, and then the second one's absurd. Uh, I forget which Canuck it was that kind of tried to block the pass shot and basically played it out into the slot. He's six feet out in front of a lock by himself. And he just rips one top shelf club side right in the corner of the net. Um, talented kid, Troy Terry, who um, Canadian fans weren't so happy with what was it five years ago in the World Juniors when he they kept going to him in the shootout and and the USA ended up beating Canada. Super talented, fourteen game point streak. I mean, come on, he's up Not there bad. with McDavid. It's like <laughs> he's going, going, going. Well, I mean, good for him. But the the Ducks have won seven in a row. Um, they have the balance yeah I've always been a Getzlaff fan so I mean he's still trudging around still laying the limp lumber like you said when he hit Petey Um, you you have that balance of this guy with these kids and boy it's been pretty magical and then of course special teams and goaltending their special teams have been very good and their their goaltending has been uh, Johnny Gibson's pretty damn good
0: yeah, he's not too bad. He might make a, a, a case for the U.S. national team when the Olympics come around. Oh, yeah. yeah, man, maybe Thatcher. If Thatcher can um, start yep. to turn some heads again. As you speak about goaltending, and obviously we're seeing great things from former Kadak Jacob Markstrom, but we always talk about having a good plan B, and Yaroslav Halak is 0-3, still in search of those crusty wins that get him to that landmark, but Dan Vladar, not exactly a household name, but he's 3 and 0 with a 933 save percentage and he's taking a lot of pressure off of both the offense when he's when he's uh, between the pipes and also taking some pressure off of Jacob Markstrom to run the table the way that we used to see him do that in Vancouver it's the perfect storm right now in Calgary is it not
1: yeah and when they had uh, Vladar came from i think he was in Boston last when they had Tuca Rask issues with injuries and they went with Jeremy Swayman and Dan Vladar and he got a little taste. Is that like, how do we say the name? It's he's from a different planet. It's planet Vladar, Vladar, right?
0: (laughs) I'll take one of the above.
1: I love last names that sound like planets. Both (laughs) these guys, Markstrom, by the way, let me ask you this on a personal level. How much does it bother you as a Canucks follower that Markstrom has a goals against average of 1.81? Bother you? Do you think it bothers the constituents in British Columbia?
0: Well, it doesn't bother me because it comes with a six-plus million-dollar price tag. Like you got to, you got to take that into consideration. And to yeah. be honest with you, th- it, this isn't on Thatcher Demko. Those two fleecings where he gave up seven. No. I don't hang a lot on him. I, you know what? I'm no. just happy for both of them.
1: All right, be happy. So he's he's got a 1.81, <laughs> 1 and and Planet Vladar Vladar has got a 1.96. So and he just picked up his first shutout. So good for him. Um, That's hey, how many times do we have to say it's pretty simple, special teams and goaltending. Uh, I I just wrote this this morning. The special teams for the Canucks is starting to drag down the goaltending. You Mm -hmm. just mentioned it. If Thatcher Depko can get his something back together. Well, guess what? He's been really good. And he throws up the seven. Gets yanked after two periods in that first one. So not the all seven. But. His team's letting him down. Uh, I I mean, he kept, Halak's been good. He's started four games. Uh, His team has scored him one goal, one goal, two goals, one goal. And ironically, the time he came in and mop up in the third period, his team scores him a goal in the first three minutes. I'm like, (laughs) where is this? (laughs) So anyway, nothing for Halak in terms of run support. Uh, He's been great. He's had, like, he's been very, very good. And then Thatcher has been standing on his head often, but now it's just fallen to pieces. So their stats suffer, but I don't necessarily think the two Vancouver Canucks goaltenders are, you know, in trouble, by the way, Dan Vladar's is from Prague, one of my favorite cities in the world. So we'll have to check officially how the, uh, the Czech Republicans uh, pronounce that name. Vlod-
0: All right. Vlidar. So I've got my crack research team on it. Are you ready for the proper pronunciation? Yeah. Here we go. Vladar. Vladar. Vladar.
1: What? Vladar? Vladar. Vladar, yeah. that's weird. There Vladar. we
0: go. Thanks to our good friends at HowToPronounce.com.
1: <laughs> it's not that difficult. I mean, I've heard the play-by-play guy slay Vladar, <laughs> so we're just having some fun here. Oh, but-
0: you're just killing this guy. He's a it's big okay. boy.
1: He's a big he, boy. Yes. By the way, another one of these six five guys. <laughs> it's like you got Demko, like all these big goalies. That's what's, another thing that's fun about Halak. Oh, by the way, here's another thing. So before every game at home, we get the comic book hero video, which is phenomenal, phenomenal. It, it, it was really well produced where the guys, the Canucks are actors and they, they show up at Center Ice and everybody gets excited because it's this super cool modern special effects uh, hero thing going on. Ooh, that's going to be tough to watch. And right before that, you have um, Travis Hammond narrating a piece about the city bouncing back from COVID and last season's horrendous everything. Um, boy, that's it's going to be kind of difficult to watch because they they really haven't been uh, superhero esque at this point. I don't wonder if it's going to turn into a jinx. Don't surely.
0: make it a jinx. Yeah, surely <laughs> I not just- with.
1: <laughs> but I, you haven't seen you've you probably you haven't been to a game have you you haven't seen it I before.
0: haven't man yeah. I, yeah. I, I see don't see think I could get credentials I don't think anybody would let me in ever since my Francesco Aquilini tirade from a year ago I don't think <laughs> I can get into the building
1: they'll let you in we'll get you in
0: I'll have to go in under my alias Rob Vladar <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rob Vladar <laughs> gotta love it Top and they'll be it.
0: like is that how you pronounce it yeah no yeah.
1: so
0: it's Vladar oh, I knew that I, I, okay. I, I watched
1: the placement games <laughs> a couple of <more> <laughs> With the Bruins, <laughs> with Swayman. How about that combo? Swayman and Vladar. Check law firm of Swayman and... Uh, Swayman's off check.
0: Robert, Swayman. let us do this again. And hey, shout out to a
1: very good couple of weeks for the Guru. Oh, they're unbelievable, eh? I, I, I host their one investor roundtable and, and uh, I'm amazed. Because I, I'm, I'm clueless when it comes to that stuff. So I just kind of tee it up man they know their stuff and the companies that are profiled on there gosh they they just going through the roof stocks
0: for them good for them
1: profile them and, and then boom they take off
0: good stuff robert thank you for joining me today see you rob you're listening to sports bar radio with rob Fay, brought to you by equity guru equity guru investment information for millennials and madmen.